Hi there, Gil here, and thanks for checking this new episode of Can You Feel It? Every week it's getting bigger and bigger. A lot of great reactions. A comment here uh, on the YouTube channel from Raymond. He is giving a great advice to uh, put Human Resource Dominator on the list. Well, check this coming podcast and you will hear a great remix. And uh, this is awesome. I got a direct message on Twitter. G-I-E-L-S from Peter. And he was uh, giving me a shout out uh, on Reddit. And on this platform, and thank you so much, Peter, for this great review. uh, There was this question. And well, I will ask you as a listener. Proto Hippie is asking, will he have any of the hardcore DJs on there? Yeah, well, that's a good thing. Uh, Of course, you got like Charlie Lanois, Mental Tio, but uh, you've got DJ Promo, for example, a great pioneer in electronic music. So if you want those guys here in Can You Feel It as well, let me know. And now, the new guest. Oh man, DJ Chucky, what a great guy. He's uh, talking about his first electronic gear, how he was actually forced to produce. Uh, the success, of course, of I Am Miami Bitch. Uh, his favorite early 90s classics. Some great breakbeat tunes coming up. Uh, the real, and that's an exclusive story, the real uh, story, why his name is Chucky. And his goal to make a drum and bass uh, hit and oh, uh, great stuff. Enjoy DJ Chucky. Can you feel it? Feel it? Can you feel it? It's the music of millions of people all over the world. Electronic dance music. In Holland we call it house music. It was my history. It was my youth. These were my records. Who am I? I'm Giel Beelen, a Dutch radio DJ. And I want to share and explore my musical history with you, together with the biggest DJs. As you probably know, most of them come from Holland. Why is that? This little country in the west of Europe. And how did they all start? Can you feel it? The story of a Dutch DJ from the bedroom to the festival. Check this out. This is going to be a dance trip down memory lane. Uh, hi there, thanks for listening and welcome DJ Chucky. Clyde, uh, our native language is Dutch, but for this podcast we'll speak English, or at least I'll try. Um, but <laughs> just for our Dutch listeners, uh, wat zijn uh, Nederlandse woorden die je toch graag uh, gebruikt nog? Nederlandse woorden die ja, ik graag gebruik? gebruik je nog? Praat je nog veel Nederlands? Niet echt, nee. Nee, uh, nee alleen in Nederland. Ik, en als ik hier kom, dan moet ik weer wennen. Want sommige woorden heb je gewoon niet in het Nederlands. Dus ik maak me beter verstaanbaar in het Engels eigenlijk. Ja? ja. Oké. Okay. Gek genoeg. Uh, en is er nog een, uh, een typisch uh, Nederlands gerecht? Wat is een typisch Nederlands nee, wat, gerecht? Wat je, wat je lekker vindt, laat ik het zo zeggen. Uh, nou, weet je wat het is? Um, heel vaak in het buitenland dan heb je zeg maar, niet mijn favoriete Surinaamse eethuisjes. Oh, okay. En die heb je hier weer wel. Ja, ja, dus ja, ja, ja. ja, daar zoek ik wel heel erg naar. Maar jij bent gewoon waar jij bij overal is toch wel rotti en zo, of niet? Rotti toevallig wel, omdat ja. je overal India's eten hebt. Maar ja. een echt een typische oh, ja, chow min moxi mitti, ja, dat uh, vind okay. je niet zomaar, nee. Oké. Okay. So, uh, this was a bit Dutch. And, Sorry. Uh, no, that, it was okay. Uh, let's start with the earliest dance memory. So, uh, DDM. Um, do you still remember the very first time you ever heard house music? Well, the very first time I ever heard house music, it's, it's, kind, it's kind of a tricky one, you know, because you have to think about where does it come from in yeah. the first place. Um, if you talk about electronic music, of course, you know, I'm going to talk about Kraftwerk and I could go on forever. Um, early memories of electronic music like Shannon, Let the Music Play. Okay, 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 
But if we're talking about house music specifically, I would say end 80s, early 90s. Um, and to be honest, I wasn't a big fan of house music in the first place. Okay. The four to the floor didn't really catch my attention. Okay. Um, it was because of, and I remember this very well, it's um, 1989 and, you know, uh, as a kid growing up in Amsterdam, we had a... Um, so I had a little stereo in my room and I was able to listen to radio and I discovered this pirate station. I think it was broadcasting from London or something, but I was able to hear it on the AM frequency and uh, they were playing nothing but breakbeats. Okay. So the early days of yeah. breakbeats, yeah. um, yeah. before they called it, before they called it drum and bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was, I remembered, um, I heard tracks from The Prodigy, the early tracks exactly. from The Prodigy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is why when you sent me, it asked me to uh, you know, deliver my top five. I specifically chose music from that era, okay. like around 91, right. 92. Right. Right. I remember tracks like KLF, yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But once I started to go to the record stores, I discovered where all this breakbeat was coming from. So you know, I, I discovered all about um, suburban bass records, stuff like that, you know, Night Force. And I believe those labels aren't even around anymore. The only label that's still around is Excel Recordings. Yeah, Excel. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I discovered I discovered it through the radio. And after after a while, you know, eventually uh, my my brothers were were buying music at the record stores, and most of the stuff was imported, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I got in touch with um, most of it was. I would say Chicago house music. Okay, that's more so, than the club. Uh, yeah, because all, imagine that era, you know, early 90s. So it was all about, um, there were some big tracks out and yeah. they all came from Chicago, like the Mr. Fingers, yeah. you know, uh, Can City. You Feel It, Inner City, yeah, you name yeah, yeah. it. It was all Frankie Knuckles, uh, Ralphie Rosario, yeah. all came from, that, uh, from, from, from Chicago. So that was kind of my first, yeah encounter with electronic music and and um i don't know uh, what's what's your age about 14 15 um i was time? yeah i was around 14 15 yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, uh well did you go to parties or i was able to sneak in because i always had older friends uh yeah, yeah. able to sneak into some parties uh and my dad lived in the hague and because of my friends in the hague um, i got in touch with um guys like dj gizmo and they, yeah. those were like you know, big, big yeah, time yeah, DJs, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Dark Raver. But you went to uh, clubs so, like uh, Exposure and... Uh, yeah, exactly. Exposure, um, Groove Club you oh, had yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were a bunch, but you also had uh, Fotage in The Hague. Oh, yeah. And later you had Asta. But um, so through my friends from The Hague, I was able to go to Rotterdam and see like Dark Raver play. Okay. I, I remember very well because they called him the, because he was playing at Parkzicht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they called funny. him the Parkneger. And I was like, wow, that's yes. heavy, but yeah. it's funny, you know? So seeing that style of electronic music really changed my mind the way the hardstyle DJs, the early hardstyle DJs, were dealing with energy the way they would play records, you know. And for me, it kind of made more sense than just see a guy play an eight-minute record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of made more sense and also made me almost want to think different about if I want to make electronic music, should I approach it different like these guys, but then again, take it to the more regular tempo, let's say 125, 128. Yeah. So that really, I'm happy that I was able to see those hardstyle DJs play and 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 that kind of kind of made me 
think different about electronic music. And eventually, when I started producing electronic music, my approach was like that. Obviously, you, and a, a bit of, of all those things, a bit of uh, well, the 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 hardcore, uh, the, the 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 high freak. So yeah. the what the one thing that really caught my attention was the high frequency level. They so the moment there was like a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, and the whole crowd went crazy. So I'm like, hey, I gotta incorporate that into my music in some way, but it has to make sense for yeah, me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was that, that was really crazy because in Holland, you know, we called it Pancake House, and everybody kind of made yeah. it, yeah, made it kind of funny, and it wasn't really a style, you know, until I must say, I think around 2001, there was this German techno record by this guy called Roman Flugel, yeah. track called Gates Knock, yeah. yeah. And the way he dealt with the pitch bending, that changed the whole game for, I think, for every single producer here in Holland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can. Okay. We talk about this uh, later because you're going really fast. But uh, uh, let's go back to, uh, well, the, the, the start of, yeah, well, your youth house music. Yeah. When was the moment uh, you began to produce tracks? How you got involved with electronic gear? and? So w once I started DJing, the problem was I didn't have enough money to buy records. Um, so I was able to, I was forced to kind of borrow records from friends and um, I always wanted to play different versions, mm -hmm. right? So I had my Atari. So what I was doing, I would borrow records from friends and I would sample the whole record. Okay. Just to reconstruct the record. And then you made your own version. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, but why should I reconstruct the record as it was <laughs> yeah, exactly. while I could remix it on the spot, you know, so re-edit it. Yeah. So I started re-editing and then obviously, you know, one thing leads to another. Yeah. You start, you know, you start making um, your own edits, then you're going to start adding drums. You know, obviously, you know, I got hold of the, 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 the basics of 808s and stuff. Yeah. So I started to incorporate those and that's how I kind of started. But I wasn't intentionally trying to make electronic music yet as i as i'm also known from another scene you know from the more hip-hop urban exactly uh even dancehall the reggae scene bubbling uh, bubbling thing. music yeah, yeah, you know yeah. as we know it but okay uh so you started as a dj and and that's funny because a lot of guys i i talked to it, it was they started as a producer and and they later became uh, yeah. like the dj but uh when was the moment uh, you were in a club or somewhere you thought hey I want to be that guy who spins the records. It was I, of my best friend. My best friend, uh, he was a DJ, but okay. I wasn't really interested. I liked how he was playing at his house, you know. And then one time he had to play at our school party and he was setting up the equipment or he was trying to set up the equipment. And then he also had to um, blind all the mirrors to make it look dark, you know. So he was doing that and he's like, yo, can you please... Um, you connect all the equipment for me. So yeah. I connected everything. And I remember I was, I wanted to sound check for him. So I grabbed two records and I re remember exactly which records they were. It was uh, Tough Crew, My Part of Town. And the other one was Chopper Rock, Freedom Right. So I put both records on the turntables. <laughs> and by accident, I had them synced. Okay. I'm like, whoa, what is this? And I'm like, yo, left, right, are you left, hearing right. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah left. Yeah. I went left, right, left, right. <laughs> and I was just babbled that whole day. I'm like, wow. So after the party, I ran home. 
went to the went to the basement trying to look for all the equipment to make it work somehow and all i could find was like an old record player i had a tape deck and a broken amplifier oh my god but the broken amplifier is what kind of kind of really really did it for me because it was so broken that you could switch on two sources at the same time so oh, you could hear so both you, sources you didn't need a mixer so I, that was my mixer, you know, so I was going back and forth. But that's how I kind of learned how to beat sync. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's how I learned how okay. to beat sync. And do you still remember your, your first gig when you when you first played? Oh, yeah, music? of course I remember my first gig. You know, the first um, the first gig was like a birthday party for my friends uh, <laughs> yeah. at his house. A house his, his living room was this size and he had like about 100 people in there, yeah. you know. And so I was like in the five corner, by five, yeah, yeah, like yeah. squeezing. But yeah. it was, it was, it like that. And I was, I remember because I brought my grocery car with all my records oh, and equipment right. there. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. But the first paid gig was actually a one year later or okay. something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 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 uh, can you take us back to how the scene was like during that day? Because it wasn't uh, wasn't that well organized as it is now. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, it wasn't that organized, but still, for some reason, there was like some form of structure. You know, okay. I mean, IDT was coming up, but yeah. uh, don't forget that those were the early days of uh, it in Amsterdam. Yeah. You know, yeah. and big, it already had it was an established brand, even yeah. international. They had CDs out, yeah. mixtapes out. I remember mix mixtapes by or mix CDs by DJ Sean. Yeah. 100% ISIS, yeah, you know, so there was, yeah. I remember that part and I also remember at the same time there was like the hardstyle scene, you mm -hmm. know, you had the Gizmos, yeah. uh, the Dark Ravers, uh, Paul Elstak, you name them all. Yeah. You had that and obviously um, you had the hip hop scene and, and the... Uh, yeah. All and the, you were a bit in the in all those worlds uh, in the worlds. Uh, yeah, I didn't really choose to be in all those worlds, but I, I high school I grew up with hip hop. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But I always had love for other genres of music. Yeah. And I, when I started buying records, obviously I was buying what I liked. But when I would DJ, I would play like hip hop because I don't want to be that goofy okay, guy plays okay, an R and B okay. record. Although I would have the records, yeah, yeah, yeah and I would play. have like all the <laughs> Chicago records and stuff like yeah, yeah, that, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't play them at the gigs. No. Thank God I really bought those records because those were like fundamental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what kind of person uh, was DJ Chucky? It was always DJ Chucky, or always DJ Chucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the funny part is like you know, there's there's two sides of the story. There's one romantic side of the story. Um, where where we're like, yeah, how did you get the name Chucky? Yeah, we got the name Chucky because, um, you know, my friends call me Chucky and I used to be a rascal. That's the romantic version. Mm -hmm. And obviously for your podcast, you get real story, okay, you know? And the real story was real simple. Me and my brother, we would always go from Amsterdam to, to The Hague on the train. And my dad lived in The Hague, my mom in Amsterdam. Yeah. And on the train, we'd, we would always collect flyers before we got on the train. So obviously we always got the flyers from ID and T. Yeah. You know, and they had all these uh these these events with Hellraiser yeah, and, yeah, and we're like nightmare. me and him were like, yo, we, yeah. we need something, Thunder we need to do something maybe. like yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah. Eventually. So we came up and this was like pre Dirty Dutch. Um so we like, you know what, we have to figure it out how to make this work. So I'm like, you know what? Let's call the party child's play. And I still have the flyers. Let's call the party Child's Play, and then you're the DJ, and the DJ is obviously Chucky. 
Like we wanted yeah. to create that same marketing yeah, value yeah, as yeah, IDT, yeah, you know, because yeah. we always looked up to IDT, oh, wow. and that's that's to be honest, the real story is so not the so whole romantic. Thunderdome thing that that really, oh, yeah, and we wow. were like, you know, looking at these flyers, and the, all these flyers were so impressive because they had like two, three hundred pre-sale <laughs> locations, and it was impressive. Buses coming from all over yeah, yeah, the yeah. Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of, you know, made us think like, okay, but how are we going to take this to our world? So we kind of wow, make it. Made I'm it glad work. you choose that name because otherwise I was sitting here with DJ Freddy Krueger. No, here's the funny part. You know, <laughs> it, it was this close or my name would be DJ 007. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> Every time me and my brother like laughing about it. Yeah, that's great. And and there's a story. Uh, I don't know if it's true, uh, but I can imagine that. Well, if you are talking about the whole sensation uh, thing, yeah, uh, that um, uh, or Arjen thing, that at a certain part you were uh, a visitor at Sensation. Yes, I was a visitor at Sensation, the very first edition of Sensation, year 2000. Yeah, and I remember it because they didn't have a dress code yet. Right? Oh no, okay. And I went there, and I remember uh, Sven Veit was playing. Yeah, Carl Cox was playing, and. Um, I was there as a visitor and it was so impressive. You know, you, you walk in this the arena and they had like the big Buddha statue yeah. there. It was intense. And I'm like, you know what? Someday I'm going to play here. And I had no right to say that because I was a hip hop DJ back then, you know? So it didn't make no sense for me no. saying that. So that was, yeah. And a few years later. A few yeah. years later, uh, let's say eight years later, yeah. I made it happen. But it was more interesting because we always wanted to work with ID&T because yeah. we were looking up to them so you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so crazy um, in 2003 they approached us like yo because uh, I was making noise in the urban scene like yo uh, we do an inner city and um, we would love for you to host one room and so that's what we did and that's how uh, the whole thing with ID&T kicked yeah. off and after that we started doing Dirty Dutch with them exactly yeah so, um, because I remember as a radio guy, uh, the and I think you, you had some tracks before, you had something like the Bala Fala or something. Yeah, Bala Toto Fala. Bala it was Toto with THC, uh, THC. Yeah. Um, a hip-hop group from... Uh, yeah, very uh, controversial. Like, let's say the NWA of yeah. the Netherlands, you know? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's... No, it, that's it's, it's crazy because... It's I remember uh, the producer I was working with, QF, he also came from the north of Amsterdam, Amsterdam yeah. North, and he had like a, a house and I invited R.B. John because the original track was with Def Rhymes and they like, yo, what, Chucky, you want to make a remix? I'm like, yeah, but if I want to make a remix, I want to go all out. Yeah. And I happened to uh, uh, have this demo from this guy called R.B. John and QF gave it to me like a week before they asked me for the remix. And I'm in this car, and this 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 track was just a s- seven minute track of him freestyling, nothing but freestyling, okay. no hooks, nothing, just him freestyling. And I was so amazed by his flow. I'm like, yo, I want to make this remix with him. So we went into the studio, and we started recording. We we started at like 11 p.m., and the track was done at 8 a.m. Wow! But his first first he recorded was supposed to be was supposed to be the hook no no it was to be no so the first verse he recorded was supposed to be the verse yeah. and then later I'm like no this is the hook so we switched into the hook and made the whole track <laughs> yeah that's so that's the whole 
are a part of the hip hop era. Yeah. How I started to make noise. So at the same time, you know, obviously all these big dance promoters, they were like, you know, we gotta make it work with you. We wanna make it work. I'm like, yo, I'm the right guy because I happen to follow electronic music like forever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I kinda know how to make it work, I think. And we started digging and trying and figuring out- To combine out, those to worlds. To combine those uh, worlds because yeah. I was sure that I wasn't the only one that was a hip hop kid, but also interested no. in electronic music, you know? And the guy that made it okay for me was, no, were actually two guys. It was Armand Van Helder yeah. and Kenny Dope because those guys, they were making and hip hop and electronic music. Yeah. Yeah. And they were releasing it as music, you yeah. know? And I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it too. I'm okay with it, you know? I just needed a validation for it. So Armand Van Helden, I saw him like two weeks ago and I told him again the story. I'm like, yo, because of you uh, and Kenny Dope, yeah. that's why I was so comfortable with doing it. With combining, uh, yeah. But 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 you made it, of course, you, you did your own style and it was much more electronic uh, than than those guys because they yeah they, yeah uh, yeah yeah so 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 coming from you know making edits of songs and and you know trying to make it work for a dance floor obviously you know when you add an extra kick drum to a track that's or, that already exists obviously you know nine out of ten times you're going to choose for that 808 yeah, you know exactly. and and <laughs> so my my music was very 808 driven and um when i started to make electronic music yeah um I had to figure it out still, my style, you know, because I was making eight-minute eight, tr eight minute tracks. Even the first version of Let the Bass Kick, my song that made me go international, yeah. is still a seven-minute track, you know what I'm the saying? The club version. Yeah, yeah, like the club version, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. two-minute intro, two-minute yeah. outro, you yeah, know yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I still had to make it work. So I started ex experimenting and trying to infuse the Dutch style, um, as as I know, like the Dutch hip hop, yeah, my my Dutch hip hop was still up tempo, you know. Um, I try, was trying to combine it with electronic music. Was looking for sounds, and eventually I found something like that would work for me. Because, like I said earlier, that track from Lo Roman Vlugel, Gates, no, yeah, that made I think every producer in Holland it just changed their lives. And like, this is the way you got a pitch bend, and without being cheesy you know mm -hmm. obviously there were like a lot of cheesy records back then but eventually we kind of figured it out you know so yeah. i had led the bass kick sydney yeah. sampson made it work with um uh, uh, riverside you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. afrojack made it work for him and um i think laidback luke as well had a couple of big tracks um and and that that kind of that kind of started to become a style in the netherlands you mm -hmm. know but still it was a local sound yeah and nobody would ever think that it could go international but it's funny we sh we should have known that it would go international because it was something that was unheard in the rest of the world mm -hmm. and as you know if something is unheard in the rest of the world then, eventually yeah. it'll you know it'll it scratch the surface and that's what happened with with my track uh let the bass kick yeah. in uh, 2007 made that track um in the first version i signed to an italian label it came out on vinyl there was little to no interest still but you know obviously he had a good a and r and then winter music conference happened and uh before the winter music conference happened this guy from chicago he had like an an edit with the uh, lmfao vocals yeah. on it and he basically sent it to the whole industry so i get to miami and literally every big dj opens with that track <laughs> i'm in yeah. miami bitch. <laughs> 
And I went to see all the shows because I'm a big, I was a yeah. big fan, you know. Going to a winter music conference for the first time, I see. Oh, it was your first time? Okay, great. It was my first time. I see Swedish House Mafia <laughs> opening up with a track. I yeah. see David Guetta opening up with a track. I'm like, what in the world is going on? So after that week, obviously, my phone started ringing because yeah, yeah, all yeah. the labels were looking for that specific track. Yeah. Signed it to CR2, and I think we went uh, like gold in, in the UK with it. But that really made uh, did a lot for me. And then at the same time, obviously, David Guetta was working on an album. Yeah. One Love was his album, yeah? yeah? And he was looking for a theme, like a sound for his album. So obviously, you know, we started working and on IDs, helped him back and forth. In the meantime, did two remixes for him. Back then, it was uh, The Sexy Bitch, Sexy bitch with, with Akon. Akon yeah. But I always wanted to be different, and I'm, I was trying to connect those worlds. So obviously, I invite Little John to the remix, like, yo... I want you to jump on the remix like you little John, like mm -hmm. some Fat Man Scoop stuff, you know? Jump on it and it's a Chucky and Lil John remix. So. Bitch. We did that remix, did one for him, uh, did one for Geta, another one with Fat Man Scoop. It was for Estelle, uh, X, no, it was called One Love and it was with Estelle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, track yeah, 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 yeah. had Fatman Scoop on it. Yeah. Same style, you know, screaming like crazy yeah. on the record, but different. Because so, so you had the hip hop style, you had um, the Dutch bleeps on it. It was a total different energy, you know. And then the whole Dirty Dutch sound. They, and all of a sudden they labeled name. it Dirty yeah. Dutch, yeah, exactly. which was my luck because Dirty Dutch is also my brand, yeah. so it worked for for me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was I was wondering what what was first, but you first. Yeah, had, because Dirty yeah. Dutch I started in two thousand three. The okay. the thing was, uh, like I said earlier, I wanted to have my own uh, platform because yeah. every time I would play for a promoter, they're like, "Yo, I want you to play this. I want you to play this," very specific, and I'm mm -hmm. like, "No, I want to play everything." You yeah, know, exactly. so I started Dirty Dutch, and so when Dirty Dutch was at its peak around two thousand eight two thousand nine. At the same time, I went international. So I was doing locally, I was doing 30,000 tickets yeah, yeah, yeah. and the sound went international. Yeah. Couldn't have been better. So you know? even during, and that's, uh, well, uh, for me, uh, well, uh, I heard your name with the other track, but for me, Slatterhauer, I played it a lot at radio uh, yeah. uh, during that time. Uh, but even then, the already the dirt, you, 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 your brand was already dirty Dutch. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the thing was, it was it was hard, you know, because. I was still looking for a sound that would make sense locally, but would also appear to the Dutch crowd and to mm -hmm. the urban crowd, but also to the electronic music crowd. So I was kind of in a tough spot, you yeah. know. And I was just, I was just mad because it was hard for me to to contain everything into one song, you know. Um, obviously, I liked up tempo music always because yeah, yeah. I did Party Crasher before, which yeah. was also up tempo. Yeah. And then I remember, and this is also the podcast exclusive okay, the yeah. way Sletta Howes um, um, happened is that um, back then you had a track from um, whatchamacallit Eric Morello with um, Audio Bullies yeah it's yeah. gonna break down the doors it's gonna break down the doors you know and oh, I'm yeah. like that's so dope but I wanna make a track that has that same energy but it should be Dutch but when you hear it in the first place you don't even hear it's Dutch so I'm on the toilet. I'm on the toilet. Literally on the toilet. I'm like, Can you funny sled? How? Can you funny sled? How? I'm like, mm, mm. 
I get off the toilet. I'm like, Q. He was in the other room. Yeah. I'm like, yo, turn on, turn on the, turn on the music. Um, just give me a kick, 128 BPM. He's like, for what? I'm like, I got this. So he he started. It. Yeah. So I go boom, boom, boom. I recorded the the hook, and he's like, yo, this shit is dope because all it has is a kick and just a few words, and that's it. And it's already had a certain energy. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, we need to write some stuff to this. And I had an upcoming show at the Heineken Musical, so he's like, okay, let's yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the whole verse, if you listen to the verse first, it was actually about Amsterdam and the whole thing. And that track, the original version, I remember it was just a, a raw demo, which eventually became the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had way more electronic music in it, you know? It was way more infused with electro. Absolutely, electro, really yeah, electro. Like yeah, like literally electro, like yeah, that yeah. German stuff. Yeah. All the square sounds. Yeah, and um Yeah, that was that track. Great. Uh but uh if we go back to the start again, was there a moment you decided to become full time DJ or or Oh yeah it just went that way or No 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 it was no I was very clear about it because I'll tell you um, it's around 93 and um, I used to get monthly bus money, you know, to buy my, uh, yeah. you know, subscription to get on the bus every yeah. day to go to school. It was 30 guilders and I'm in the record store looking at this drum and bass selection of volume two. I remember looking at this record and the record was 39.95, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, you know what? If I buy this record with this bus money. And I go home, I have to be serious about this stuff. And I took the money, paid for the record, and I decided to walk to school every single day. Okay. Every single day. Because uh, I think it was at Midtown Records. It was yeah. in between, remember? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. Rhythm Import, yeah. you had Buddhist on the other side, yeah. and in between, the dark one. Yeah. Yeah, I was in that record store, and I bought the record, and I was like, this is the moment I will be full-time DJ. I don't know how. Bought the record. I have to. I'm go. I, I'll sacrifice. I'll go walk to school every single day. Yeah, we do it. And what uh, what what were your parents thinking and your friends? I I didn't tell my mom that I no. bought the record. Obviously, <laughs> I was walking to school without telling my mom. Uh, but eventually, when she saw I was serious, you know, she's like, "Okay, Clyde, what do you need?" So I'm like, "Mom, I really want to buy this mixer, and this mixer is about it was about 125 guilders." Mm -hmm. And we didn't have the money. So my mom's like, yo, here's a down payment. Do a down payment and we try to pay it in installments. She gave me 25 guilders. I ran to the store, paid the first 25 guilders. And the rest of the mixer, the 100 guilders, mm -hmm. I was able to pay in like three, four months. But after that, I had the mixer. So I had a mixer yeah. and I had two broken turntables, but I <laughs> couldn't care less. I was able to mix. Yeah. You know, and um, that was a very significant moment for me. Because, you know, obviously we didn't have a lot of monies and my mom was serious. Like, yo, if you're serious about this stuff, then we'll make it happen. So We're she encouraged encour it a lot. Yeah, yeah she encouraged yeah. it a lot. She was really instrumental to this whole thing. And um, obviously she saw I didn't care about school, but she said, eventually she told me, like, I've never seen you being so passionate about mm. anything else. So she was cool with it. And for you, was there a certain moment uh, where you thought, hey, it worked. I made it. This is uh, maybe even bigger than I even dreamt. There were a lot of moments in my life where I kind of realized like, hey, 
you know, I'm getting somewhere. You know, <laughs> yeah. when people started to buy tickets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The first, so so the first time we did, in a no, the first time I actually won an award. To be honest, and yeah. I have like many awards for being the best urban DJ or being the best club DJ, or however they called it. Um, the first time I sold out the Heineken Music Hall, yeah, first time I sold out the Rye, yeah. first time I did Sensation, first yeah. time I did Tomorrowland, you yeah. name it, you know. Course, yeah. There's many memorable moments for me. Uh, but one of the most important ones, I must say, was when um, I did Heineken Music Hall 2005 and my brand and my vision, my platform it worked, you know. People came for electronic music and for hip hop, yeah. and everybody was cool with the fact that they knew, like, yeah. there's gonna be all this music. It's gonna get played tonight, and everybody was comfortable with it, yeah. you know. So I, I was so happy. The whole package, the whole, the whole package, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and crazy. it was, and it was new in Holland. It was during that uh, time. It was news everywhere. Like, oh, there's this new. Yeah, 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 and, and it wasn't even a new no, sound. It, it was no. just a new combination, and yeah. it was, it was, you know, it was different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what was for you as a, as a visitor, as a well, somebody who loves music, and and well, as a coming up DJ as well? What was so special in the early days? Uh, what was so special in the early days about? About the nightlife, you mean? For example, yeah. What what can you still remember about early parties you went? Uh... Well, yeah, you know, you know what it is. Um, I think it was more about the music than about the production. You yeah, know, okay. um, like I remember even even let's say the mid two thousands. You know, I would go to parties like, for example, sneakers mm-hmm. or Rush at the Escape. Yeah. You know, going to all these house parties or Tay Dansan when I would go to Loveland. Yeah. And uh, and and they were playing all this incredible music and it wasn't about an amazing stage and stuff like no, that, you know what it I'm saying? Was just the music. Yeah. But obviously if you wanna if you wanna appeal to the masses, you're gonna have to make it work. But still, so I I I kinda took that vibe like, okay, we gotta keep it minimalistic on stage, but still be impressive, you know. So we would do a big stage, but still kinda keep it minimalistic. Um I was always trying to find that balance. But that really had my attention that it was always about the music. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, the music then. Um, I uh, well ask you to to make a top five, and of course, it's like a random list. And maybe uh, if I record this tomorrow, you will mention uh, five. No, no. Th- that okay. that's the whole th- that's the whole point. You know. I mean, if you ask me, like my absolute top five. I mean, top five wouldn't do no justice. No. You know, I could make like a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. If I have to make a top five about a specific era, yeah, I would definitely choose like say the early nineties because yeah. that really yeah. uh, defined me and and my whole idea about electronic music and made me fall in love with electronic yeah. music. So, so that that track that tracklist will probably won't no, really okay, change okay. now. No. Okay, well, let's start. So, so hold on, I have <laughs> it. I have it here. So. Um, I'm looking forward to this because I think uh, I, I I I'm I'm a really uh, I love breakbeats and things like that. So oh, listen, m- most of my records here, I think it's yeah, on the well, bottom shelf, are like breakbeats and drum and bass, like yeah? early stuff. Oh, um, great. No, but but if I look at my my top five, I have here. So let's say human human resource dominator, yeah. obviously yeah. you know the Beltram remix. Oh, the Beltram remix. The Beltram yeah, remix yeah, yeah, yeah. specifically. I'm the one and only dominator. <laughs> And 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 uh, you played that during that time as a DJ as well, or were you more like I, a visitor so, who? So, 
I was using those tools. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the Beltram remix had a tool on the other side. It would go like for like a minute straight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, but the funny part is, in the urban scene back then, breakbeats were a thing. Yeah. Because people were always in love with the funky drummer and stuff like that, it's right? It's great that you mentioned that track because, of course, it's like one of the first tracks, with house tracks, with a bigger bone or rubber top. Eh? Exactly. With, 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 well, rap in it. Yeah, and, and the funny, but the funny part is that record also appeared uh, appealed to the hardstyle uh, mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Or the harder styles, yeah. and you put like this. Basically, the whole top five I have here would appeal to them. Um, so I have the Prodigy, the uh, Charlie, Charlie, obviously, yeah. Yeah. but then the Alley Cat remix. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Awesome three, don't go. Kicks like a mule mix. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that track is timeless. Like do, you, do you still sometimes play this in your set or is I would it... make like an edit. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And right. kicks like a mule, the bouncer, the house quick edit. Your name's not Dan, you're not coming in. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great that I now know the title because that's one of those tracks I heard. Yeah, yeah it's, a, the... it's the Housequake remix. Okay. Not Housequake as in Rogue and Eric, no, no, but no. Housequake back then. Yeah. And Public Energy 303 was actually the first, one of the first records. I was like, what is this sound? You know, Acid. Yeah. I'm like, well, what is this 303? So eventually I discovered what the name was, why they called it 303, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was because of the Roland, but um, it was one of those tracks that I was like, it's so hypnotizing, you know? And it was also one of the first house tracks that made me enjoy the full six minutes or seven minutes uh but this this yeah. this top five very specific is because i was so it would say i would say it would appeal to hard style people mm-hmm. or the hard style yeah, community yeah, yeah. in in house music it was very known um but also in the urban scene like there would be 30 minutes of a whole night they would play like break beats yeah 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 and this would be the kind of music uh, yeah. we would play. So I would still have, I still have all the 12 inches and stuff. Great, great list. Uh, of course, uh, you can check this uh, in the link and uh, I will make a, a playlist with, with all the, the, the classics of all you, well, founding fathers. Do you feel like a founding father? Maybe it's a, uh, but because that's what you are. To be honest, I don't even, I, I don't feel like a founding father, but I can't deny it, you no. know? Yeah, okay. Um, and, and the, the, it's crazy because I didn't choose for it or anything, no. you know. But I was just—I think I was just—I happened to be there in that specific era uh, where all this great development was in music, whether it was it was electronic music or or even urban music or yeah. Dutch urban music. Yeah, but well, you were so one it, of the first guys who actually built a bridge uh, between several styles. Yeah, because I was uncomfortable with the fact that. You couldn't play both styles in one night. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? Yeah. Who who said it's impossible? You know, yeah. how come I'm some I'm an individual and I like both styles and we cannot and I cannot hear both styles in one party? Why should I go to a festival with different stages? No, it was in, in, in the beginning. It was like you had to choose 
Yeah. Or you're like Khabar uh, uh, or mellow, and I was like Khabar uh, or mellow. Yeah. I don't know. I like music. Uh, exactly. And I was, and I was. It was even more extreme for me because I also like. I also like rock music, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I also like disco music, for example. Yeah. I grew up, I grew up with sixties, but I enjoyed classical music, and it was yeah. so hard to find that combination. And I, I couldn't accept the fact that you could not play it in one party, you know. So I, I made it work for myself, and I was convinced that there were more people um, listening to different styles of music because back then you just they just introduced the iPod, iPod, yeah, yeah, and. I couldn't imagine that you had one iPod with only one style one of music. Style, no, exactly. Impossible. So yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to try to appeal to the iPod generation and such as myself listening to different styles of music. So yeah. I was trying to make different worlds combined and um, eventually I was trying to put it in music. Yeah. Try to translate everything, you know. So this is why I had the most, like the weirdest records I would put out just because... Like Sletao, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was a, it was what I was living at that very moment. I'm a hip hop kid, but so in love with electronic music. Yeah. You know, being one of the bigger DJs in the Netherlands. So how are you gonna translate all that stuff into? But was one it track? always well understood? Because I can imagine uh, some of the well hip hop guys, or or maybe some of the, yeah. the they thought, hey, what are you doing? Funny enough, that funny enough that. My friends in the beginning, I remember trying to play more electronic music in my sets. Yeah. My hip hop friends would say, "You're not gonna make it in electronic music. What are you thinking?" Yeah. And the electronic uh, music guys were looking at me like, "What are you trying to do? You trying to create your own style?" <laughs> you know? I'm like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. How did you know?" And I was, I had a vision, you know. And no, most, yeah, I think I had a vision, and I had it in my head so clear. It was just a matter of time of me translating it into physical music yeah okay and eventually they were like okay i see where you're coming from yeah, now. Yeah, like yeah. okay that makes sense because it worked for me yeah. you know and for me the most important thing was because i was struggling with myself it had to work for me first yeah. and once i was able to translate it then you know if the rest of the world that's would a good pick thing up because it. you really made it because you wanted it yourself and you thought well they're, they're i like, was yeah because i always was trying to make music for my sets in the yeah. first place this is why I'm not really a big radio music, uh, like radio star. No. Because I always trying to make something that Club works for uh, my sets. Yeah. yeah. So even with these, these electronic um, tracks I was making were purely for my sets, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned some of the gigs, but if you have to choose one of your most memorable gigs. 2008 sensation. Okay. I must say, because a lot of things happened. Uh, first of all, 2008 and people you can ask anybody in the Netherlands 2008 names name the top three biggest DJs in the Netherlands you know um Chester Armin uh, yeah, yeah you know I know they were like international but yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like I want to say a local hero but yeah. not even electro in it in electronic music just in general you know yeah so it was a matter of time for me that I had to play at sensation and when sensation happened Before the the party, they asked me to make a track for the Sensation compilation, and I knew Sensation compilation was going global. You yeah. know, so I'm like, hey, what am I gonna make? So to I special, finally yeah. took I, I I took uh, that opportunity yeah. to uh, make a track that was so locally, like the sound would be so local, 
uh, that people would be like, okay, this is typ- typical Dutch. But it was my only exit to the rest of the world mm-hmm. to let people hear what we were doing in Holland. And that's when Let the Bass Kick that happened. Was let the bass that kick. was Let the Bass Kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And funny enough, for Sensation, I also made another track called Moomba. Oh, yeah. And that track I made specifically for my set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but people saw that as, oh, that's Dirty Dutch, you know, yeah. Let the Bass Kick came out, yeah. Moomba came out, all these Chucky remixes came out with yeah. all these high-pitched energy sounds. And so I, I didn't know that it was like one force of energy I pushed into into the world. I didn't realize that. I was just doing my thing, you know? Yeah. Like, even if I take the CD of uh, Moomba, yeah. if you look at the remixers, I literally had the biggest DJs of the world remixes. Absolutely. Yeah. Remix it. And back then, they were not the biggest DJs, but I literally had a Hardwell and a re- uh, Rehab yeah. re- remix. I had a I had an Afrojack remix. Yeah. I had a Sydney Samson remix on it. And I'm, we're like friends. Uh, yeah, you know, and I'm like, well. look, yeah, yeah. looking at it now, I'm like, <laughs> try to make such a remix package now is impossible, you yeah. know. So that that that's why I'm I'm like I didn't realize that I am one of the foundation. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Eventually, you, you, yes. Yeah. But big I didn't role, realize and it. And you still have a big role, but you had a really big role in the, in in the house scene, in the house music, yeah. and the evolution of. But also, I f- I feel that you know, um, I in in electronic music in the Netherlands, like for house music, obviously you had the guys that were doing the techno and stuff. You know, like one of my bigger bigger heroes is still P- Speedy J. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You know, Steve Rahma, yeah. Jo- yes, yeah. those guys. You know, yeah. but they were in their own lane. Yeah. And then you had the more accessible club music stuff. Let's say the Rogue, the Eric E, yeah. all that style. But I, f- I even felt that that needed a bigger platform. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had the same thing with hip hop. So I'm like, okay, I'm grab it all and just put it on one big stage, and. It was very important for me because otherwise we could not grow. No. Yeah. And and how because it went really fast after uh, well this whole let the bass kick thing in Miami. Yeah. The 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 the, the mashup. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But can you take us back to the moment how you felt and 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 because. Well, that could be a time that, uh, well, uh, as we say in Dutch, if, uh, the, if your feet on the floor, uh, it's it's hard not to, well, yeah. not not to, not to fly away and to yeah, to, yeah, you, like like you want to stay grounded, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. So so that's the so that's the whole thing. Um, 2008, and before you know it, it's 2012. Four years later. Uh, thousands and thousands of gigs further mm-hmm. and you you're like you're looking back at it and you're like whoa did we all just walk through that door yeah. i'm talk i'm not talking about just me you know all the guys went yeah. through that door and all at the same time so yeah. obviously there was like this dutch influence because tiesto was already big but armin was already big but yeah. they know they never saw those guys as you know, this is the, this is Dutch music. No, you know, no. it was always like laid back look, yeah. me, Nick, yeah. Sydney. That you know. was the Dutch. Uh, music. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, that's yeah. what they saw as the Dutch yeah, force. Yeah, Let yeah. me put it like this. Yeah. You know, um, so it, it, yeah, it was it was it was crazy. And looking back at it, I'm like, okay, so how did that exactly happen? <laughs> you know, and people know kind of know the history, like international, worldwide, then kind of know the history until 2008. But yeah. what happened before that? Yeah. They literally have no clue. No, like I, there's times where there was like an identity crisis in the Netherlands uh, with um within the house DJs, 
like that whole world, like Hardwell was looking for a sound. Everybody yeah, yeah, was trying yeah. to make credible deck house loops yeah. and stuff like that. This is why me and Hardwell made a record called uh, Move It To The Drums. But it was literally still me trying to force my hip hop sound in it. So I had yeah. ambush on the vocals and I still had like a pounding Dutch loop in it. But we were literally fighting local. It, yeah. There was like a lot of credible stuff going on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And everybody was trying to fit in. And I was kind of the misfit that was trying to put everything together. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Okay. Talking about this whole Dutch thing. And I, have, uh, I, I, I don't know if there's going to be an answer. Uh, but yeah, it's a small country. Yeah, and 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 yeah, why are our our music and our DJs so successful all over the world? You think? Um, if you're talking about DJing in general, it's a different story than producing in general. Okay. Um, I think uh, I think in net in the Netherlands we always uh, had a good bird's eye view on what what's going on in the rest of the world as far as music yeah uh we always because we always try to categorize things you know uh so we always had a good bird's eye view on things and like okay how do we approach this sound how we do we approach this sound because even if you take you further back to the let's say to the uh, chicago days yeah you know we still had that bird's eye view like oh these guys making so and so records and the dutch the dutch producers and artists always had like an answer to it you mm -hmm. know we would take that sound and, and then enhance it, made, made yeah, our own yeah. version, yeah. make it more European. So, you know, we all, because of we had that good bird's eye view and always some form, I don't want to say some form of common sense, but, you know, we always wanted to make it uh, logic in our head. Like, okay, yeah. it has to make sense. So we would always approach it different with our own twist, but still look at what happened, you know? This is the same way we approached all other genres of music, yeah, but yeah, yeah. obviously we're not that good in making hip hop as, you no. know, the rest of the or let's say America. But we definitely were good at making electronic music, and uh, so we evolved. We we evolved ourselves and eventually made our own sound. And obviously, it helped that our neighbors are Germans, you know, yeah. who are even probably crazier when it comes down to, you know, the technical side of yeah. things. Uh, that helped a lot. Yeah, between uh, German and, and Yeah, English exactly. And, so. and don't forget that the UK is right yeah. across, the, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we're like in a really good position. As far as DJing, before we even go international, we become really good DJs. We do, we, we have a lot of miles, you know, because before you go international, you probably do 300 gigs a year in the Netherlands. So yeah. eventually you, you're going to become very skilled. So yeah. this is why in general, Dutch DJs from that era are, are let's say skilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But is that a different than in other countries? I have no idea if the- if Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Like, okay. like when I tour the stage, it's hard to do like uh, two, three gigs a night. Yeah, yeah, because the Netherlands, you yeah, know, of course, yeah, it's exactly. a small country, so there are a lot of small clubs, so you play a lot. Yes, and then the territories mm -hmm. are still different. Like Rotterdam and Amsterdam are far away enough, you know, to do both gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and this is how you end up doing three hundred gigs a year. Um, so mm -hmm. there's yeah, there's some form of explanation mm -hmm. into yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that's true. So you're so you become very skilled doing three hundred gigs yeah. a year. You know, yeah. it's that simple. So by the time we are international, now let me remind you how long Don Diablo has been in the game. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when he when he breaks through international with... Uh, he had an all-other career he, before? But he, he was already a, yeah, a, a yeah. skilled DJ, you yeah, know? He yeah, was yeah. already an artist yeah. and a well-trained artist. Yeah. 
So seeing him there, like, oh shit, yeah, he it looks like he was supposed Bump. to be there already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a well-trained artist. Yeah. Is there a still like you think uh, a Dutch sound? The, do you know what? After after that whole bleepy thing, no, not really. The only Dutch sound we have is is when we rap Dutch on 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 different styles of beats. Yeah. But for the rest, there's not a Dutch. No, not really. No. But but we always tend to kind of take things from the rest of the world and make it our own, yeah. which kind of makes it Dutch again, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really... like you mentioned before, the the whole make it logic and uh, yeah, 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 exactly, like. Because if you listen to tracks from, let's say, the early Chicago days, um, we would listen to a track like, of course, you know, can you feel it's a great track? But we would say, okay, but we can make this kick better. Yeah, yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at some point, maybe there isn't less soul than the original American yeah. version, to be honest. But uh, Obviously. But it's more danceable. Yeah, and, uh, and we always had that We always had that approach, I guess, yeah. uh, to make it more sense for us, you know? Uh, and and is there always like even uh, yeah, you you involved your sound uh, of course but is there something like a a signature uh, in in every track you made? Not, and, um, like if I do a specific style, yes, but a signature in all the different styles, I'd say no, not anymore, not anymore. Like no. if you ask me, like make a typical Dutch track, uh, of course you know you hear mm, the sounds, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah but. But no, not anymore. Not not because the, the the music has changed. Even for me, because my lifestyle has changed as well. Like I would literally back then, I would literally mix and master the track myself, and now I just you know m finish the track and just send it to mixing and mastering. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it obviously it has a different you know sound. But what do you think? And uh, maybe it's a big question. But what do you think is the secret of making a good tune? Uh, yeah. Well, good is always in the yeah. you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but but for me, so so for me, the most important thing is it had to it has to work on the dance floor. Uh, this is why, like I said, it was always hard for me to make radio music because I don't know how to do it. Yeah, you know, I just make a track, and if it works for me, it works for me, and that that was the only thing I knew how to do. Um, and, may, and maybe you're saying it right now. Maybe there's I don't know if there's a big big gap between uh, the radio and the club, but. Maybe probably there is a, a difference in how full a track is eh? for for a radio. I can tell as a radio DJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like uh, well a lot of sounds, a lot of productions, all a lot in three of melodic, minutes, in three yeah, minutes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And sometimes the more basic, uh, give me a beat, a higher than a sound. Uh, yeah, but if all the tracks are melodic, that one basic track will stand out, obviously, yeah, yeah, and the other way around. Yeah. You know, if you have all yeah, basic yeah, tracks, and you know what I'm saying. So, so define what's a good record. Then it's hard. So I could only judge from from what I think would work for me, which I always did, and um, that is how I approach all the stuff, all the early stuff. Um, but the interesting thing is, my 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 vision of music kind of changed. You know, eventually. I'm open to way more music. I'm also I'm not scared to release stuff no. like that. You like I literally have tracks on on local dice's label. Um, <clears throat> it's it's a techno label. I have three releases on it, yeah. and not even under an Elias, not even under no, not, no. under Chucky. Because no. my thing is eventually I want people to know like you know what he did it all. Yeah, 
he did it so all. So the whole "don't be a prisoner of your own style." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I, like, I could literally pull up some 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 projects I'm working on, and it would be one would be like a Latin reggaeton track, and the other one would be like a super tech house or techno track. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I just want to have. I always fought for musical freedom. And how do you see the future then? In in this? Uh, well, you know, the funny part is, ironically, I don't even know if I'm happy with with. You know all these styles blending because it's funny. Sometimes you, I just I just crave for that pure techno track, yeah, 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 pure yeah, house yeah. track that <laughs> yeah, makes yeah. you go wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of regret that the fact that you know what? Why did I do all, all that bullshit? And eventually <laughs> here you are. You want to hear a purest track? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it, it's kind of. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, Clyde, but you were one of the guys who were uh, well uh, make those borders go away. Uh, yeah, hundred no hundred percent. <laughs> you know. But like I said, you know, so every now and then, or not every now and then, yeah, every time yeah, I, yeah. I go out, I, I just want to go to like a hip hop party. I yeah. want to go to a techno party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go to no crossover party. You know, I want to do. You know, it's <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, it worked for me back then, and it kind of helped me uh, make my story. And the most beautiful beautiful thing that came out of it is the fact that I was able, with my history, I was able to produce a sound that would open the doors for many guys. And I yeah. think uh, with only that is the, the the yeah mission accomplished, I would say, you know? Yeah. You, always, you always see it as a compliment because sometimes I can imagine you hear a track and you think, okay, uh, it could have been mine. Like Yeah, you... yeah, 100, no, 100%, you know, but I, I, I was always, like I said, my, my vision of music changed. I was scared back then to release anything like I would think months and months before I would release it because what yeah, if this what if that yeah. I was calculating too many things okay. and you know I w and now I'm like you know fuck it just throw it out there if nobody likes it nobody likes it fine we move on you know yeah. what I'm saying but what if they really like it and it's different and it's new you know that's what you learned with uh, well uh, all the all the releases you had and the yeah definitely so yeah. i obviously i have a lot of releases i'm not really proud of but i had to put it out because i yeah. want to know like yo i wanted to share yeah. you know my 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 train of thoughts what's one of your tracks you're proud of and maybe isn't that well known uh, so of course there's let the bass kick and and mumba and Oh, I have this track called Rights. Uh, it's called Rights, and it came out on Local Dice's label like last year. But the track I made in 2000, uh, let me see, 2009. Mm -hmm. so right. Yeah, right. It's called Rights. Right. No, but I, I re renamed it, and it's called The Watcher. Is it? It's called oh, now, and it's it's okay. like a, it's like a six minute techno track. Okay. And I remember because I called Silvio Ecomo, which is a big producer from The Hague, and I just set up this new equipment, and we're in the studio vibing. I'm like, yo, I want to make this record, this this loop, I want to play with this sound. So we started tweaking and playing with it, and yeah, we had the record. I released it on Dirty Dutch back then. Nobody cared. Fine. <laughs> I still think nobody still cares, but the <laughs> fact that Local Dice picked it up. Um, almost 10 years later and decided to release it on his techno label yeah. with my name you know it means something to me because it and also it's timeless then yeah but it also it also made me think like you see you know I can't be comfortable with what I'm making and who I am yeah. no matter what style and he's one of those guys as well this is why I'm a big fan of Loco Dice and a good friend of him uh, we kind of share the same vision he comes from hip hop matter of fact I yeah. know him from yeah, yeah, hip hop yeah. record stores you know and seeing him becoming so successful in techno 
and Tech House. Uh, it's only cool to, and for me, big honor to be on his label with a track yeah. I made ten years ago. Yeah. yeah. Do you still have any goals you would like to achieve in 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 music or? I would like to. I would like to be more in the studio. Okay. And still, my bills getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's hard because you know I wanna I wanna tour a lot because I love traveling the world, but at the same time. I really and I know I make the difference when I'm just in the studio and only in the studio. Yeah, yeah. That's where I come up with concepts or sounds or ideas, you know, different approaches to music. Um, one of my bigger goals would would be now, I would love to make a radio track that's like drum and bass. Okay. And you know, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm happy when I hear stuff like rudimental and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is exactly what I want to do at some point. Okay. Like make make some big like drum and bass but radio music yeah yeah because the tempo is it's well accepted yeah, now yeah, half tempo it's rap you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah oh, well looking forward yeah. to that yeah yeah i have some st things in work <laughs> and um what's the big difference between then and now the big difference between then and now is that uh you know different styles of genres are more accepted now yeah uh there's there's way more different genres at this very moment uh the only thing i would say is back then i think music was differently consumed you know what i'm saying you could make a track and a track would bubble bubble in the underground mm -hmm. and become bigger and bigger so it could literally take two three years for a track yeah, to become yeah, really yeah, big and, and now it's i made this track put it on all the streaming platforms yeah. and tomorrow the world knows and the day after the world forgot about it okay that's a big difference the the biggest difference is the way we consume music now yeah uh, is, yeah yeah is that a good thing or not i don't, I don't know in both ways you can of course yeah, it's like yeah. great that there's a lot of music because to me you know i of course you have this tracks with millions and millions of streams for me that doesn't mean it's a great track no. you know and that's talking about music in general and the the, the only unfortunate thing is that we are so we are so influenced by you know uh let's say the industry yeah that we it's almost it's just hard to make just a regular house track a six minute track because no it has to fit spotify yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um because otherwise because yeah. you want to have a, a streaming uh yeah mega bomb yeah, you know yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. You, it's it's hard man so yeah. that whole thing changed and i think it influences the the the, the yeah the music production too much okay yeah yeah well that's a great lesson we are here now in holland in, in yeah in the uh, studio new fan i see a lot of records here yeah uh are you here a lot i'm here when i um have to do uh like a talk about paperwork or whatever oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but the, the studio I'm, I'm sharing with Charles play because they need a studio and i need a space for my records and an office so i'm like hey guys you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it it's a win-win situation and it's a good thing and soon we're gonna we're gonna connect some turntables and have some real fun so we're gonna have turntables. Oh, okay, yeah, okay yeah because there's and, a lot of good and stuff. do you still see a lot of dutch guys um uh, on the road I still see a lot of Dutch guys on the road. Is there like a Dutch scene? Is, is, does it exist? or No, not really. Because no. everybody kind of doing his own thing. Yeah, okay. And when I see that, I'm like, you see, I'm I'm not crazy. Because I was basically the only one that was trying to make a big Dutch club with yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, hanging yeah. out. You know, obviously it's, that, it's not the case. Everybody's doing their thing. <laughs> and everybody has their own career. And probably they want it to be like that. But yeah. 
Yeah. But we see we see each other a lot, especially like when there's like big festivals. Yeah, yeah of everybody's course. there because and we all get booked. Uh, small Dutch words and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. small Dutch words. Ha ha, he 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 he, yeah, and we go. And go. You know? <laughs> okay, okay, on to the next one. Okay, um, the, the, well, the, the 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 last questions. How do you think people in the future will look back on well, what I call electronic dance music now? And then it's 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 before I ask this question, yeah. it's it's very hard to um, to to I, I don't know how I call it because house music. It, it's now uh, it's now a uh, no it's now a style because for me like house music at first was like the yeah, name of all yeah EDM is like a general name electronic dance music but if you say EDM it oh yeah you have yep. like a big room uh, sound in your head yeah so that's how, how how should I call it the the well that's a problem you know um I mean obviously like in Holland back then we would call we would call it all dance. Yeah, so you had dance, a category exactly. dance, right? Exactly, dance, yeah. uh, but the Americans made it electronic dance music. Yeah, yo, but <laughs> like what happened with me and Dirty Dutch, that sound got stuck to that name. Kind of happened with the the term electronic dance music, music yeah. EDM. Yeah. So that on the rise of that sound, when everybody started playing big room and big festivals. There was the name that was bubbling EDM, yeah. electronic dance music, and kind of got stuck on there. Yeah. Well, all we were trying to do is make like an umbrella name for exactly. everything, you know. So, yeah. It's, so that's why it. I mean, it sounds more sexy when you just say electronic music, you know. Yeah. Like even I'm confused when we're talking in this interview when we're talking yeah. about electronic dance music. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, are you talking about electronic yeah, music in yeah. you know in general yeah, or yeah. specifically okay, EDM? Okay, so you say okay, that's a good one. So you you say call it electronic music. Yeah, electronic music. Okay. You know, how do you think the people in the future will look back on this electronic music era? This era, as in yeah, the last thirty uh, years. Uh, yeah. It's hard because eventually, you know, all those eras are instrumental and very important to to eventually where we are going with this journey, you know? Mm -hmm. um, like, even if I look back at what I did, uh, let's say even 10 years ago, I'm like, you know, back then it it didn't make people i'm new i'm know for sure that people weren't proud of it at that very moment yeah, yeah, yeah. but afterwards they're like yeah, yeah man yeah man dirty <laughs> dutch i was there man you know what i'm saying and yeah, 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 even yeah. now within the whole edm thing nobody's kind of proud of it but eventually you're like yeah man i remember we going to edc and seeing exactly. seeing uh w&w player yeah. whoever you know they're gonna be proud of it eventually because it's a beautiful story the way we got there you know it's a great story it's a great story the way we and the way we all got there you know we were able to to create um back doors and and kicked in doors for for, for a lot of people you have to imagine that you know i probably inspired a, a, a lot of djs or producers and those producers inspired other producers you yeah. know and eventually fast forwarding like you could literally have a guy that was a big David Guetta fan, and because of David Guetta, he discovered Skrillex. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And because of Skrillex, he discovered Excision. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, you yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know, there's always something positive to get out of it. Of course, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I have a lot of friends now. They're like, "Yo, Chucky." When I talk to them, I'm like, "Yeah, man." Yeah, because of you, I listen to electronic music now. And all they do is go to Awakenings nowadays. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They don't even go to see Row, for example. No, no, they go it's to on techno. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I had a, you know, I opened a gateway for yeah. them. 
and yeah in this specific case like i said you know this it's only beautiful because one thing leads to another so great man can we be mad at it nah no how do you want to be remembered i want them to be to to know that yeah chucky did it all man fuck he did it all can you believe he made reggaeton but he also had a techno track and then you know he had his own sound but he was doing this and that yeah i just want them to know chucky was doing it all simple thanks man thank you so much for your time uh it was a pleasure uh, sharing your stories and uh helping me explore the, the musical history of electronic music electronic music or electronic dance electronic music, music. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, it's hard. No, I, even before we all started with the cameras, yeah. you know, uh, I you were telling me, and I know how hard it is because by doing so. But even house music, because yeah. that uh, at a certain point I thought, hey, for me, it was like house music. But even house is a genre now. It is a genre, and you know what? It, yeah, yeah, it is, and it kind of it's kind of went full full circle. If you ask me, looking at the house scene now, and let's say also. So what we now know as techno and tech house is yeah. actually house. Yeah, you know, uh, it has that same position as back then. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing, man, the way it develops. Because yeah. the more the bigger the EDM scene gets, the more they resist, but the better the music gets. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. follow electronic music now, there's there's so many amazing producers. It's crazy, you know what I'm saying? And going to these events like. When you go to, they want to say awakeness is underground. It's not underground if you see at the if you look at the numbers of people that get, go there, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, the music itself, it's beautiful. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's I'm, amazing. It's so I'm I'm so glad that you're still so positive and uh, about this new era because, yeah, maybe you were no like because an old the, grumpy guy. Uh, no, because <laughs> because the new era, this era has different subgenres you yeah. know like okay let's let's say edm is on its own island you know but also it's techno yeah it's on its own island and yeah. everybody's is people with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know like yeah. at this we're living in an era where you could have a techno stage and an edm stage like if you look at edc you know what i'm saying or even like ultra there is a techno stage and you know everybody's yep. enjoying it and if you don't want to listen to this style you go to the other stage which is a beautiful thing um so I'm cool with it, yeah, man. And I'm looking forward to to the future because the way technology, like our music, is so so depending on technology. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, there yeah. can and you know it evolves, so it, it can only be more beautiful. Okay, and, and uh, like I said, I uh, we are building uh, uh, well this 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 story of Dutch house brick by brick. Is there a name who maybe? I will forget. Uh, well, and, and you say, okay, in this series, you have to interview. As far as the DJs? Yeah. Uh, the, the guys. Yeah. So you had who? Uh, uh, Ferry Corsten. Yeah. Uh, Laid back Luke. Um, uh, what? Chesto, Everjack coming up. Yeah. Um, oh, so. Um, uh, think about this. Don Diablo. Yeah. Uh, I have an appointment with. Um, uh, Who else is on your list? Fela uh, Legrand. Fela Legrand. Because yeah. of well, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, well, of course, I've got I've got a lot on my list, but yeah, well, I make this thing uh, worldwide. So you mentioned, of course, Jean and Marcelo and and, yeah. and Eric E. Those are great guys, but I think nobody has. Oh no, nobody. I think but, 
Yeah, I think it de- it all depends on what you want to highlight. Obviously, yeah. like if you want to highlight EDM and you, so obviously you're gonna go to the head honchos that were doing EDM. But I would say try to approach it from from the angle from the guys that were trying to resist the whole popularity yeah. of this music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a time where you know all these big guys were doing a festival, and on the other hand. You had like guys like Marnix, from the, yeah, you know, yeah. from from Loveland, Loveland trying yeah, to still yeah. do his thing, yeah. and it was hard for him at a certain yeah. point because he was also trying to juggle. You know, I I remember me, Eric E, Gregor Salto also playing in Loveland because yeah. he was trying to provide a stage yeah. to stay relevant. But at this point, he doesn't need none of that stuff, and he sells out crazy, so he survived that era. And to me, that's kind of interesting. You know, next to the fact that I really respect Marnix, yeah, 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 but, he's a great guy. Yeah, so so yeah. so 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 the, yeah, 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 so the yeah. other side of yeah. the story. Good one. Uh, I love to hear. I would love to hear what he has to say yeah. because he, you know, he's still doing his thing. Yeah, and and and, and I know him a bit. Uh, he's coming from the neighborhood. I, uh, yeah, between. I and, love. I and love. He was Marnix. giving parties for like ten people or something in the beginning. Uh, yeah, it was building and building, and well, and and now his music and his festival is more relevant than ever. Yeah. Which is a beautiful thing, and I congratulate him for that because you know, uh, as far as I was trying to cross over with stuff, he was tr- still trying to stick it to his own lane and yeah. made it work, you know. And this is why I'm like, yeah, I find it interesting if I would hear his story yeah. because he had to survive the whole damn wave we were riding. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, great one. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of those guys, man. Okay, well, if you have fun, uh, text me. Uh, yes. Thanks for listening. That's it for this time. If you have, uh, well, uh, any suggestions for who I'm going to uh, visit next time, feel free to contact me. Uh, my Twitter is uh, Giels, that's G-I-E-L-S. And uh, well, let's see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you Clyde. very much. Thanks. Ah, leuk man. Weet je wat het moeilijk maakt? Weet je wat het allemaal zo moeilijk maakt? Ik, kijk, je hebt precies wat ik aan het begin zei. Toch? Ja. Het, is zo, het is zoveel eigenlijk. Ja, ja, want ja. ik kan het met jou hebben over zeg maar, een hele speci- specifieke era. We kunnen zeg maar, vijf uur lang praten over ja, de 90s. Ja. Ja. We kunnen vijf uur lang praten ja, over, ja, over die Dutch scene. We ja. kunnen vijf uur lang praten ja, over house ja, in general. Het is, het, het is bijna te groot. Ja, dat, ja snap je? Ja, het is ja, heel moeilijk. Want ik merk ik het. Vind, ik vind aan jouw top 5, dat is wel precies. Uh, ja. Waar in ieder geval de, 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 de anker, de, ja, dat, de, dat, de, maar dat de is de het ook. Want ik, ik kan ook wel zeggen: hé, hey, ik pak eentje van afgelopen week nee, of eentje precies. van tien jaar geleden, eentje ja. van vijf jaar geleden. Heel ja. m- Daarom heb ik bijvoorbeeld een plaat ja. als Roman Vlugel niet ja. erin gezet. Het is ja. wel een belangrijke plaat geweest. Ja. Maar is van later. Ja, is van later. En het is, ja. Kijk, je ziet het ook, die top vijf van mij komt echt rechtstreeks uit 92-93. En bam, daar grijp je hem. En daar grijp ik hem, snap je? En dat is wat ik heb gedaan. Dan snap je van oké. Maar dat heeft voor mij ook dat wat je zegt. Dat is die anker geweest. Maar ja, kijk, en dat was. Toen noemden we het toch allemaal gewoon house. Ja, ja, ja. En dat was eigenlijk breakbeats. Maar ook, kijk, als je naar die Chicago era kijkt. Al die geweldige platen, dat komt ook echt uit. 93, noem maar wat. 91 tot 94. Niet meer, niet minder, snap je? En dat was het. En dat is wat hun stempel ervoor maakt. Net zoals dat die Nederlandse platen, die die Dutch sound die door is gebroken, komt ook uit 2008 tot 2010, snap je? Allemaal daarna is allemaal bijkomstigheid. Want Afrojack maakt al lang niet meer wat hij toen maakte en waarmee hij is doorgebroken. Dat doet niemand meer natuurlijk. Maar die sound, dat was die era, snap je? En zo heb ik die top 5 ook benaderd. Oké, dat... Bam, dat was hem. Heel simpel. En dat, oh, die platen. Kijk hoor. Ja, ik was een wijze die Ik weet niet of jij, ik vond het leuk dat je al die hardcore die dit 
Uit Haarlem kwam ja. DJ Pavo. Pavo ken ik ook goed. En ja. die was altijd met die breakbeatjes, jongen. Ja, ja. Lekker. Hoe laat is het dan? Ja, nee, 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 maakt niet uit. Uh, ja, die was ook altijd met die breakbeatjes. Ja. Um, maar heel veel van die gasten van Dark Raver ook. En dat was altijd het grappige, die, 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 die top 5. Die, 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 die Iron Tito 500, weet je ja, die nog? Ja, ja, ja. En er zaten platen in die voor de hardzaal ook belangrijk was. Ja. Precies, bijvoorbeeld deze. Ja, ga je, toevallig zag ik het net hoor, heb ik kijk, deze plaat. Paris, ja, 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 dit is ja. een hele belangrijke ja. plaat geweest voor, net als uh, 20 Seconds to Comply. Ja. Dat waren ja. hele belangrijke plaatsen voor die scene. Dat is ook gaaf, hè? Want wat dat betreft die turn maar, maar ik kan me nog, goed, ja, he? precies. Maar ik kan me heel goed herinneren, toen met uh, Party Vlog, ja. Er moest uh, Dark Rave, we deed een hele lange set. Ja. En hij ging, zeg maar, de history, zijn history doen, ja. ja, ja. Dan begon hij met dit soort platen. Eerst er een of ander koekenbakker. Die zegt, ja, maar je leuk zo naar Dark Rave. Maar hoezo moet je met R&B beginnen? Ah, ja, maar ja, dat is natuurlijk ook een oh. rompe geesten, ja. En toen dacht ik, nee, 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 dat meen je niet. Dat meen je niet, echt niet. Oh, ja. Dark Raven, god man. Ja. Nee, maar er is, er is zoveel. Weet, weet je wat het moeilijk is? Ik, 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 dat meen ik wel. Ik wil het echt een keer door iemand laten schrijven of verfilmen. Sorry for the non-Dutchies. Uh, we were talking about music, of course. And uh, Chucky was saying, and that's absolutely true, that we could talk about more than five hours about the music. Uh, what a great afternoon, what a great guy. Thank you so much. Big shout out to Chucky. Big shout out to you for listening. And of course, a big shout out to the guys of KRK. Still got the box here to show you. The 7 inch professional powered near field studio monitor with Kevlar drivers. Uh, the Rocket G4. It sounds great here in the Can You Feel It Studios. Uh, the classics and more. Feel free to drop any comments about uh, guests who I have to invite, about uh, records that I have to put on this classic house uh, list. Let me know everything. Coming up next week, Don Diablo. <laughs>